If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me in the Gospel of Mark chapter number 1. If you have your app, you can join us there as well. We're in a series entitled Mark It Up. And we're in the Gospel of Mark and we're looking at the life, the ministry of Jesus. And the next several weeks, we're just going to focus in on Jesus. This weekend, I want to speak on one word, unquarantined. Unquarantined. We're living in some strange times and the word quarantine is now a part of our vocabulary. We heard about a cruise ship that was kept in quarantine after their cruise for weeks on end. I, I, I'll be honest with you, Denise likes a cruise, but I don't know about being in that cabin and not being able to get out of that cabin for weeks on end. That just doesn't, that just doesn't sound thrilling. Now, now, for the kids in the room, quarantine wasn't me. Just think about being grounded for the rest of your life, okay? That's, uh, <laughs> that's the best way I can associate the word quarantine with, uh, just being shut in. Do you know that we can be emotionally and spiritually quarantined? Yes. Have you, have you ever hurt so bad you were speechless? Have you ached so bad in your spirit you just wanted to go into a room and you didn't want anyone to ask you any questions? You didn't want anyone to be around. You just you wanted to be alone and you feel like your life had shut down. Has, has somebody stepped on your heart? Has a dream so been shattered? Has your heart so been broken? You, you literally shut down. It's the, it's the parent that you raise that little baby. You change their diapers. You do everything for them. You raise them. You give everything for them. Then they grow up and they look you in the face and tell you they hate you and cuss you out later on. And it leaves you numb. And you feel like you feel like you're empty, unquarantined. In the scripture today, in Mark chapter 1, we're going to look at a man who is unquarantined. The Bible tells us that this man was a leper, and in biblical days, lepers could not live in the community with other people. They were quarantined in a separate section. They had a they had an egregious disease, a terrible, gruesome disease. What is leprosy? At that particular time, there was no cure for leprosy. But kids, leprosy is where you have open wounds and sores all over your body that will not heal. And they get infected, but they don't heal. Eventually, a leprosy will begin to consume your fingers, your ears, your nose, uh, the extremities, your toes, and, and eventually your entire limbs. Uh, it just consumes the flesh on your body. The Bible tells us that this man was covered with leprosy. In other words, he had, a, he had an extreme worsened condition of leprosy. Lepers at that particular time, as I mentioned, were kept in leper colonies, and if they ever came out of the leper colonies... Walking down the road, they were to shout, unclean! So if anyone was approaching them, they could, they could keep a, a, a large social distancing from them. If they were ever caught in the community, in the marketplace, or any place and, and among people, that day they would stone them. Literally, they would pick up rocks about the size of your fist, and people would begin to pelt them, and that was punishment. It was literally, it was really punishable by death. 
if a leper moved outside of the leper colony. But the Bible tells us that Jesus heals this man and he's set free. In other words, he's unquarantined. With that in mind, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter number one, let's begin reading at verse number 32. It says that that evening after sunset, I like that phrase. In Jewish culture, sunset means the day's over, all the work, the labor ends. But we learn something about God. He works overtime. <laughs> God doesn't shut down. God, God doesn't close up shop. He works after hours. That evening after sunset, they brought many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. I was caught by that. They were brought to Jesus. What does it take for somebody to be brought to Jesus? You have a brother-in-law that says he has no interest in God, no interest in spiritual things, you try to witness to him. You share your faith with him. He says, I don't want to hear anything of that. He, he just resists God. God knows what it takes for him to be brought to the Lord. God will do anything that God can that that person be brought to the Lord. Verse 33, the whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick of various diseases and he cast out demons. Jesus is spiritually multitasking right here. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. I thought about that. The crowd gathers in a village there called Capernaum. It's, it's a small village, but the people are gathering and flocking around this small stone house. They're wanting to see Jesus. They're wanting to hear Jesus. So much so that you can't hardly even approach the house. It spills out into the road and the pathways coming to where Jesus is. And they're bringing people to uh, to see Jesus, the demon-possessed, and the sick. And I wonder, if, if Jesus was doing something today, would we crowd in, would we push in to get God's best, or would we worry, be, be worried about just getting a selfie with Jesus, you know? just Let me, let me just kind of get a selfie with Jesus, you know? I, every time I get a selfie, I'll tell you what, I, I always look goofy. I, some of you do so good. You, when you take a selfie, you look 10 pounds lighter. When you just have the way to turn that camera the right way. But I, I never look good in a selfie. I always look kind of awkward and goofy when I try to do a selfie. Would we press in? Would we press in to get God's best? Let's continue reading verse number 40. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him, saying, I am willing, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. I like that. Instantly, the man was healed. Most things that happen instantly, we're not really impressed with. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. If you invite me over to your house, don't make me instant coffee. You know, I brew coffee for me. I, I just don't like instant coffee. Denise is a connoisseur of, of iced tea, but I'll tell you, she does not like instant tea. She brews her tea every morning. There's just something about that, that homemade that takes longer to get there. We somehow appreciate it uh, ever so often. I'll tell Denise, Denise, I... I want biscuits and gravy for breakfast. Am I the only person that likes biscuits and gravy? You like biscuits and gravy for breakfast? Yes. But I'll say, Denise, make me biscuits and gravy. 
And I have a vision of a rolling pin there in the kitchen and her arms going back. And I have a, I have a vision in my mind of her working that doll. Then all of a sudden I hear that pop. I hear that pop in the kitchen. <laughs> I know those are not homemade biscuits. Those are the quick instant ones. But the Bible says this man was instantly made whole. He was instantly healed. He got God's best immediately. This man had heard already, yours is worse. He had already, as the sores began to come on his body, he wondered if it was a reaction to a plant he was around or, or maybe it was just a temporary disease that he had. And, and somebody told him they think it's leprosy and then the sores begin to get worse and they never went away. He went to doctor after doctor, tried home remedy after home remedy, home re- remedy, and he heard this, it's incurable. He had heard this, it's not working. He had heard this, there's nothing we can do for you. He heard this, it's getting worse. In other words, every dream this man had had been exterminated. Every dream he had about marrying, having a family, any activity, any goals or ambitions in life, building a home for his family, everything that this man dreamed and hoped for was instantly dashed and he was quarantined in the leopard colony. He could not go to the marketplace. They would take, they would take food from the market and they would go and feed the lepers, the family members of the lepers but he himself could not go to the marketplace he was shut in you know there are people today perhaps they're quarantined into a below average life yes they just they have accepted less than god's best and they've they've had the unword introduced into their life unhappy unfulfilled, uninspired, quarantine dreams and hopes and ambitions they once uh, had in their heart and believed that would happen for them, and it no longer seems possible, and they feel like they are quarantined. I want you to know that a man by the name of Jesus set this man free, and one day, He was unquarantined. And I want to share with you keys that unlock the doors of freedom in our life. Yes. That that can set us free. That can set your dreams free. That can set your ambitions free. That can set your hopes free. That can put you on a path that we learn from this man. And first off, the first insight is draw closer to Jesus. Draw closer to Jesus. And every one of the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in which this miracle occurs, in every account it says, as it does here in verse number 40, that the man came and knelt before Jesus. In three gospels, the story is told, and in each one it says the same thing. He came and he, he knelt before Jesus on the ground. He did something 
Lepers would not do. He moved into a crowd. He took a risk. He went beyond the average. He went beyond the common. He went where he felt like he couldn't and shouldn't go. And he was so intent and, if you please, so desperate one day. He said, I just got to get closer to Jesus. He didn't get on the outskirts and wave at Jesus. He didn't lurk in the shadows, afraid of, of, of being shamed by the community or being stoned by them. He moved through the crowd and he got as close as he could, right in front of Jesus, and he knelt before Jesus. In other words, Jesus could not take another step. This man was blocking his way. He was so intent to get closer to Jesus. The implication is clear. There's some things only God's presence can change. Zoom won't do it. Facebook won't do it. An email won't do it. Thinking about it won't do it. Reading a book about it won't do it. Sometimes you've just got to get closer to Jesus. You've just got to move into God's presence. God's presence is a solution for things we may not have otherwise. God's presence cures things in our life we can't find in any other, any other avenue. You know, there's a spiritual instinct in every one of us. There's a spiritual instinct in you. Have you ever noticed when things are at their worst, you want to get in God's presence? When things have tumbled in, when things have collapsed, you just, you feel like you've got to get into the Bible. You feel like you've got to pray. You feel like you've got to reach out and ask somebody to pray for you. You want to go to church. You just something about, you want to be in worship. You want to begin to listen to your worship music again. That when things are their worst, you just, you have an instinct to draw closer to God. And for some of us, COVID has been that. And I want to call in your commitment. Today, I want to call in your commitment. As this began to happen, it was a wake-up call for you. You said, you know what? I'm going to get things right with God. I'm going to get back where I should be. I'm going to, I'm going to get back in church. I'm going to get back reading the Bible. I'm going to return back to prayer. I put God on the sideline, but I'm going to put God in the, in the center of my life. I call in your commitment. Begin to put Jesus first. Get in God's presence. Draw closer to Jesus because the presence of Jesus can cure anything. The Bible tells us in Psalm that the presence of the Lord brings joy. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Come in his presence and you'll find grace and help in the time of need. The Bible tells us as well that if we'll get into God's presence and we'll call upon him, we will discover him and we will find him. And I believe during COVID and this season, God is, God is awakening God is stirring some hearts. God is, God is calling people back to him. And he's saying, come on, it's time to get close to me. This is your wake-up call. This is, you, you, you've been kind of, kind of going down the pathway. You've been kind of blocking me out. You haven't been listening to me. You've, you've, been, you've been involved in other things. And this is God's wake-up call. You see, God is famous. God is famous about giving sneak previews <laughs> of his coming attractions. That's right. Have you ever noticed when you're praying and you're in praise and you're in the presence of God, all of a sudden you begin to have big dreams? You begin to say, you know what, I can become. You know what, I believe I will be, be able to. I believe God wants this. Have you ever noticed your best dreams come when you're in God's presence? Your best hopes? 
You, you, you come and spend time in God's word, in God's presence, you're in his service, and it seems like the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you walk out saying, you know what, I can do it. I can start my own business. I believe, I'm, I believe God has something great for me. I believe there's purpose in my life. I, I don't believe I'm chained to the past. I don't believe I'm quarantined in a broken life. I don't believe a broken heart is what God has assigned me to. I, I'm something else and I feel different. Have you ever noticed it just kind of wakens inside? That's what God does. He's given you a sneak preview of his presence. The Bible tells us this, that it's the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter. The glory, what does that mean, Pastor? It's the glory of the Lord to conceal a matter. Oh, every parent in here, grandparent, you know what it's like. Denise uh, will go out shopping for the grandkids, get them something for Christmas or getting, get something for their birthday. And you know how it is. If you get uh, something for one grandkid, you've got to get it for all the grandkids as well. You know how that works. And she brings it home and it's in a bag. And she said, well, before the grandkids come over, i got to put that up. So she takes the sacks of the gifts, and she has a special place that she puts the gifts up. She's not hiding the gifts from our kids, grandkids. She's hiding the gifts for our grandkids. Because she wants to be there the day they open it up, and they're surprised. Oh, Oh, this is wonderful. This is great. Thank you very much. And the grandkids, thank you, Papa. And I say, well, let me see what we bought you. I haven't even seen it yet either. I'm, I'm learning all this for the first time right now. And the surprise and the wonder on their face. When she puts the gifts up, she's not hiding it from the grandkids. She's hiding it for the grandkids. Here it is. God's not hiding something from you. He's hiding it for you. And in his presence, you get an inkling. You begin to sense in your heart, God, you're good. God, you're going to do good. God, you're going to bring great things in my life. Something awakened. Faith tells you. You can be different. And God has something great for you. So draw close to Jesus. Number two, I share with you. Ask big. Ask big big. The Bible says the man, verse number 40, he came to Jesus and he said, if you're willing, you can heal me. I like that. You can heal me. He didn't say, I believe you can heal others. I believe you can heal me. I'm, in, I'm impressed with this guy. I'm impressed with this man. He pushed through and took the risk on. He said, I believe you can do something for me. He didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, do you have any anti-itch cream? Is there anything you can do to make these sores better? Jesus, do you have any pillows? When I, when I lay down in my, in my hut over there, in my space over there in the leper colony, there, there's, a, there's a rock right there. I can't, I just, it just always leaves my, my back sore. Do you, do you have a pillow that you can give me to make my experience better? He didn't lobby Jesus for better food. You know, Jesus and the leper colony, they're bringing day old out there. You know, the, the fresh tortillas they eat and the ones that are, that are old and hard and crusty, they're bringing to us out here in the leper colony. No, he wasn't complaining about that. He didn't ask Jesus for relief. He asked Jesus to be healed. He said, Jesus, if you will, you can heal me. 
He was asking big. And I want to admonish, I want to invite every one of us to ask big when it comes to God. And some of us, our past disappointments have become our our present day theology. What do I mean by that? You prayed about something and it didn't happen. And now you're saying it won't ever happen. The marriage didn't work out. You didn't get the promotion. It didn't happen. You didn't get the scholarship. And now you're saying, I won't ever be happy. I won't ever reach that point. I I won't ever get beyond this. And your didn't has become your won't. So when it comes to God, you don't ask big because you're saying God won't do it for me. God won't change it for me. God won't come through in my life. I invite you, expect big things from God. The other day, Denise and I, we were talking and during this whole COVID and shutdown, it's, it's almost like every other day Amazon's bringing something to our house. Is, is that with you? I mean, the Amazon man is, he's almost like family to us right now. I'm telling you, he came the other day and knocked, this is a true story, came and knocked on the door and then he said, come in. <laughs> Just, it's his family now, you know. I expect him to be at dinner one night, night this week. I don't know. It's just, he, we're getting stuff all the time from Amazon. And Denise ordered something from Amazon. I said, babe, we need this. She said, I, I'm going to take care of it. So we expect it in two days. Two days it didn't come. Three days it didn't come. Four days it didn't come. So, well, you know what? I guess there may be a little back order. We'll just maybe a day or two more. And then finally, a week, seven, eight days. I said, Denise, I said, we, we never received that order. So she looked into it. She said, you know what I did? You know what I did? I left it in the shopping cart. It's, in, it's been in the shopping cart all that time. I, I, I never did push, I never did push purchase. And I wonder if some of us, God's blessings are still in the shopping cart. Oh God, I need you to heal. God, God, I, I, I need you to turn the heart of my of my son around. God, I, I need you to intervene in my in my boss, in my job. I need you to open up a new job for me. And it's in the shopping cart. It's what you want. It's what you hope for. But you never ask big to Jesus. I'm going to invite you. Ask big and see what God can do. This man came and said, Jesus, I believe you can heal me. Me. I've got a couple friends here that's going to help me with the message today. Come on here. These beautiful girls, I've asked them to help me come over here and just stand stand right here girls they're looking for boyfriends today I just thought I brought them up here and they see if they can pick some out but uh, I have something for you I have something for you go ahead okay you got M&M's and you got Skittles doesn't that just seem like doesn't that just seem great for a kid okay but why is it you only took one Now you can take that. Go ahead and go. 
<laughs> That's the way we do with God. And I want you to know God's hand is bigger than yours. You reach up and you just grab one and you say, God, I'm thankful for this one thing you did. But God's hand is bigger than yours. He's got grace. He's got goodness. He's got healing. He's got provision. There's stuff in your shopping cart. You need to ask the Lord. So right now, as we go into just a time of a prayer moment, both online and here in the room, I want you to ask big. Would you just do that? Would you just do that? Would you just ask God? What's the thing pressing in your life right now? Ask big of the Lord. Ask and see what he can do. The scripture says that he's able to do abundantly above what you can ask or think. God has big stuff. Would you just do it right now? Just lift up your prayer. Just right where you're at. You want to lift your hands? That's, that's fine. You want to stand a moment? That's fine. It, whatever you're comfortable doing. But I'm going, to, I'm going to invite you to ask big. Parents, ask big for your kids. Sir, ask big in your life. Don't, don't ask for a 25 cents an hour raise. Ask God for a 30% increase. Ask God to give you the promotion of all promotions. Ask God to come through miraculously. Don't ask God for a discount in pain medicine. Ask God to heal you and set you free. Ask big. This man came and said, Jesus set me free. I believe you can heal me right now. Just ask of the Lord. Oh God, oh God, right now across this auditorium, And those who are online right now, it just sometimes when we see the enormity of the need, we get intimidated. But God, you're able to do bigger things and better things. And there is no lack in you. There is no want in God. I pray for provision and healing and fullness and life for your people. I pray over them, God. I speak blessings over their family, blessings over their career. I speak fullness into their life. I speak the goodness of God upon your people in Jesus' name. Oh, God, grant it. Grant it in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Set people free, God. Set people free in Jesus' name. Amen.